So I'm having this moment where I'm like, I want to do a section on my site that says random talks with Tiffany or late night discussions with Tiffany. Just to discuss just the random thoughts that I have, you know, when I'm working on things, when I'm not at my computer, because when I'm at my computer, my mind is occupied with whatever project I'm working on. But when I get up from my computer, I realize, listen, some of us, we need to stay busy because our brains are just too active. And so um, I'm walking around the house, been looking for my digital voice recorder. Can't find it. Really disappointed about that. However, I decided I just record it as a podcast and call it a day because this is just a thought in my head. Maybe I won't publish it. Maybe I will. Um, so tomorrow... I'm going to be having my new tables. Uh, I'm going to have some new tables that are going to be delivered. And so I'm having to restructure my kitchen, trying to remove all of this stuff. So my kitchen was relatively cluttered in one area because there's an area that is specifically for a table. Um, But it's not that grand of an area. And I've had too much stuff over here. And I hate to say that because I hate cluttered spaces, but it is what it is. I'm cleaning it out. And that's that. So you're going to hear noise and that's because I'm in my kitchen and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, put all this stuff up so that uh, in a neat way, obviously, so that when the table come, I can or when the tables come, because I have a dining room table that's coming and I also have coffee tables that are coming. But as for the kitchen, when it comes, I want to see it in its full glory. I don't want to have like other stuff that's blocking it and I can't really see um, you know, if I really, really like it, I, I like the table, but am I going to like it in that space considering the size of that space? So that's that. Anyhow, I wanted to talk about racism or no, not necessarily racism, classism in the African-American community. I want to talk about self-hate. Um, so I ordered an ancestry DNA kit. And that's because I went on Ancestry.com and I upgraded the account I had for years that I didn't do anything with. I upgraded it to a paid account and I actually started tracking my family. Um, the purpose is curiosity, one and two. Yeah, I want to know what a generational curse is like. I want to put the story together. I'm a storyteller. I like to see the picture of everything or what have you. So I want to put these stories together. Again, it's about to get noisy, guys, because I'm literally in my um, pantry and it's a mess up in here and I need to make it better. So I want to get the history of my family. I want to be able to put that stuff together. Um, I think that you'll be more effective in targeting certain things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that you need that information to break a curse. You know, you don't need that information because a lot of us would be in trouble if we did, right? Um, there are some people out there that can't afford to do that kind of stuff. So, you know, what about this? So, I don't believe that it's something that is, like, needed, but I do think that it's helpful or what have you. So, um, I'm in my pantry. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to set everything up. But if it gets noisy, just forgive me. But doing my Ancestry DNA um just me doing the Ancestry.com, I came to a bunch of theories that I have about my family. And one theory that I have, and I can put this right here. I think this is good for me to go live here. I think I can put this live right here. One theory that I have is that 
um, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, we, she's very hard to trace. So there's been a lot. And obviously she was, well, not obviously, but she was alive when I was um, born. She died, as a matter of fact, in 2007, 2007, 11 years ago. So I was a fully grown woman. And of course I had a relationship with my grandmother, what have you. But there was a lot of mystery surrounding her. Like she's been the most uh, mysterious person. Like I, when I did my research, it was her that I targeted the most. Like I'm, I haven't even got to my dad's side of the family, but it was her that I was targeting the most because it's her where all the mystery is surrounds. So the story is that her, the story that I heard or that I thought I heard was that her mother's name was Sally and that she, and that she was a, that my grandmother had been a wild child as far as her father goes. Um, there's been speculation as it relates to who her father is um, or was because my grandmother is clearly biracial. You know, um, there's something there. And they said that my grandmother's father was Indian. They believe that her father was Indian. That's what her mother said. All that. Oh, what have you. I've never met a mother. Um, her mother was long deceased by the time I came into the earth or what have you and my grandmother was one of those people that was grandma was just really silent like a lot of those older african americans they really didn't talk a lot about history they had a lot of trauma and they they just they just didn't you know um and it became like an unwritten rule like you just don't ask certain questions or what have you they'll answer certain things but other things they'll just kind of not answer you or they may get an attitude my grandmother was not aggressive at all she wasn't the type of person that would cuss you out or anything like that but she was the type of person like if you asked her something that she didn't want to answer she just pretend that she didn't hear you or you know or she just have this blank look on her face but she just wouldn't answer it or what have you so we've had all of these theories surrounding uh, my grandmother's paternal father never have i ever had uh any questions surrounding her mother because I've always heard about her mother. I've never seen a picture of her mother, but I've always heard that her mother um was, you know, named Sally and her grand her dad was potentially some Indian dude or what have you. And I've had my own, you know, questions and theories surrounding that. Well when I signed up for Ancestry.com, I was able to look now, let me say this because I think this is important. We had we had this aunt. Uh, she was supposed to be like a cousin of my grandmother's. And her name was R.T. Miss R.T. is what we called her. But no, she wasn't an aunt, but she was a cousin. Like a distant cousin. Miss R.T. is what we called her. And Miss R.T., I remember growing up, Miss R.T. was relatively uh, well off. I, I, I would dare to even say somewhat wealthy. And Miss R.T. was like, you know, classy. Um, and you know, she'd been married three times and it, it was just a lot. So Miss RT, I remember toward the end of her life, we actually moved in with her. So toward the end of her life, Miss RT told us something that we hadn't heard, you know, about my grandmother's potential father. She told us that my grandmother's potential father, um, could be her father. And I was like, what? Now, that was my mom's first time hearing that. She was like, well, you know, there was a rumor, um, what have you. But she didn't say for a fact. 
she just said it was a rumor. Um, that was something that was rumored around the family, but that my grandmother's father may not have actually been Indian, but he may have been, um, she may have shared the same father, which would make her <laughs> like our auntie or what have you. But she was like, you know, she's not sure she's comfortable with the fact that my grandmother's father was Indian. And we had grown comfortable with that considering my grandmother, uh, her profile, her and her sister, you know, they look biracial, you know, and they got those hump nose and small faces and we're not built like, you know, what we would say um, most blacks are built or what have you. So we had settled on that or what have you. So when Miss R.T. said that, it was a shock, but it wasn't necessarily something that, um, you know, sent us reeling or what have you. It's just something that I carry with me as a possibility. So here's the theory. This is before I get into the discussion. Here's the theory that I have uh, surrounding it. You hear it here, here first. But since I started doing my ancestry research, um, now I, I have to say this, Miss R.T., her, she ended up raising, and we'll call, I'm going to give this guy a, a different name because he's a character within himself. So we're going to call him uh, Judas. We'll call him Judas. She ended up um, raising, she, Miss R.T., didn't have any children and but she even though she had been married three times she ended up marrying i mean she ended up raising uh judas so judas was the son of my grandmother's sister she was a, he was the son or he is the son of my grandmother's sister so the story behind him is his mother um had him and had his sister um, or the story I've been told but his mother had him and had his sister and you know she was raising her children she was a single mother and all that well what ended up happening with her is that she met her husband and we'll call him um, Jacob she met Jacob and Jacob was a divorced man who had five kids and he absolutely totally hated kids. This is the story that I was told. He absolutely totally hated kids. As a matter of fact, old Jacob had his five kids had been with his former wife. And he divorced her for what? Because she kept getting pregnant. He got tired of her getting pregnant by him, by, by the way. But he got tired of her getting pregnant um, because he didn't want kids. And he, he had already made it clear he didn't want kids. And or what have you, and she just wouldn't stop getting pregnant. So after baby five, he decided to leave. So when he meets my auntie, and this is my grandmother's sister, this is uh, Judas's uh, mother. When he meets her, she has two children. She's a single mother of two children. And he says to her, hey, listen, I don't want any kids. You know, if you're gonna be with me, you're going to have to do something with your kids because I, I left my, port, my first wife um, for that. So, hey, if we're going to be together, just know that, you know, I'm not raising your kids. Her, she decides that her being in a relationship with him was more important than her being a mother to her children. So, she finds, you know, basically reaches out to the family, says, hey, who wants to raise these kids? Who wants to <laughs> take them? And I'm just kind of giving them a revised version 
of what I've heard. These are allegations, but she didn't raise her children. I can say that. That part is not alleged. Um, but she did raise her children. Um, so Miss RT takes in Judas, which is my grand again. Um, the mother, the biological mother of Judas is the sister of my grandmother, the sister of my grandmother. And remember, I told you that Miss RT said that she believed or, you know, uh, she told us toward the end of her life that her father <laughs> was uh, potentially my grandmother's father as well. A lot of family secrets, Mississippi stuff. I'll tell you the truth. So here's my theory. Okay. No, no, no. I got I to. Um, my grandmother's last name. You know, I remember them telling me her mother's name was Sally. I looked that up. And that wasn't true. My granddaddy's like my paternal granddaddy's last name. My maternal grandfather's last name. I mean, mother's name had been Sally. But I started looking for Ford, which is the name I had been told my entire life that, you know, belonged to my grandmother. I started looking for Ford and I can't find her on Ancestry.com. Like I keep finding Franklin and I'm like, well, no, well, she got married to my granddad. How is this coming up as, you know, I can find a lot of stuff with birth and what have you. And I'm like, no, she was married to my granddad. My granddad's last name was Franklin. So she got the last name Franklin from my granddad. So how is this happening? Um, still nothing. And then I came across, and my mother passed away in 2018. I came across an account on Ancestry.com that my mother had created that I didn't know she had created where she was trying to do her own research. And she listed my grandmother's name. Uh, a surname is Rankin. And that was relatively interesting. And I was like, why is she listening to her? I mean, I remember hearing the name Rankin before affiliated with my grandmother but why is she listing her as franklin so i talked to my auntie which is my mom's baby sister and i didn't mention that she just told you know i asked her about my grandmother i said what her last name for she was like yeah um but she was raised by a family friend by the last name of rankin i'm like well okay well wait this is confusing you know why is my grandmother's name coming up as rankin when she was her last name was Ford when she was born and the neighbor or the lady who raised her um, last name was Rankin. Why is my grandmother's last name being listed as Rankin? So here's my theory. Forgive me for this long, probably boring talk to you guys. Um, but here's my theory surrounding that. Um, she's been listed as Rankin. And when I looked up Miss RT, lo and behold, Miss RT's original last name is none other than Rankin. And I, it, I'm just like, wait, hold up. <clears throat> hold up. So, Miss RT, I didn't realize it was 17 years older than my grandmother. You see where I'm going with this? You see what? Because I've always questioned why Miss RT would raise the son of her cousin, like a distant cousin. Why would she take this young boy in i've always questioned that but you know it's not one of those things that you know I mean, because you, you don't know why people do what they do or what have you but that's always been a a question in the back of my mind why would she take in this young man and my theory surrounding that is that miss rt could potentially be my grandmother's mother so follow me on this my theory is that miss rt 
had my grandmother when she was 17 years old. And I could be wrong. Though when these ancestry DNA tests come back, it's gonna blow the it's gonna blow some stuff open. It's gonna blow some stuff open. But my theory is that um Miss RT had my grandmother, and I haven't said this to my family, you guys are the first person, first people that I'm saying it to, but Miss RT had my grandmother when she was 17 years old. Um, being a young single woman, because it is well, well, from what my mom told me, my grandma was relatively wild, you know, but my theory is Miss RT had my grandmother when she was 17 years old and she could not bear the idea of being a single mother. You know, Miss RT, she's a bougie woman and that would have got in her way. You know, she was an absolutely like you ever meet one of those people who are they not just beautiful, but they're uniquely beautiful. Like they're just gorgeous for no reason. But it's not just a beauty, but it's a unique type of beauty. It's that type of beauty. Now, I only saw her in her old age. But I just looking at her, you can tell she uh, she killed, if that's what they say, back in her time. And I did see a younger photo, a gray and white photo of her one time. Uh, and she was just gorgeous. Um, but my theory is that Miss Harty... I had my grandmother when my Miss RT was 17 years old. Um that that conflicted with her view of herself and her plans for herself because I think it's kind of well known in American culture. You know, it's not something we talk about out loud is uh the levels of narcissism within our culture. And a lot of times when you're dealing with a woman who is um celebrated by society for being you know, um, incredibly beautiful many times. And not, this is not always the case. Don't get me wrong. I don't even think it's 50%. I, I do think it's large. I do think it's about 30% of the case. If a woman is celebrated too much for her beauty, like if she's celebrated, especially a lot of women, um, who look more European, a lot of times they have a level of narcissism, not all. Cause like I said, I've met a lot of beautiful, beautiful women of different skin tones, including what we call light skinned women. But I've, I've also met my fair share of narcissistic women who, you know, just thought the earth revolved around them because they were light skinned. I mean, I've met my fair share. Everybody has. But it's not something that we uh, normally say out loud because one of the accusations <laughs> that you can get for saying something like that out loud is oh you're jealous or you're hating and that's not the truth because there are a lot of gorgeous 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 women of all shades and you know and i'm not one of those people that will rob a woman of her glory uh, but i'm talking about what i have truly seen in black culture is that there are some women and you know you come across them and I, at the stage and age i'm in now when i come across women like that i just listen to them and then the level of narcissism it, it they highlight that's what I'm going to be talking about on today. But the level of narcissism is there. So just so that I don't get lost from the story, um, I my theory is that Miss RT, who was supposed to be my grandmother's distant cousin, is really her mother. That's my theory. Is really her mother, and she had my grandmother at the age of 17 years old.
it was probably one of Miss RT's uh, trist, if you may. And Miss RT was not promiscuous, I don't think. But when I, so when I say trist, I'm not saying she was out there. But Miss RT did go after wealthy men. She'd been married um, three times, and not one of her husbands had been broke. She uh, monetized her beauty. <laughs> she monetized her beauty. And I think that when she had my grandmother, my grandmother, it was not one of those things. Like, it wasn't planned. And I think it was, and you know, during that time, they didn't have all this, you know, birth control, or they didn't have access to it like we have access to it, um, or what have you. And so, my theory... Is that she got pregnant, she had my grandmother, and she reached within the family. And she was like, listen, I can't raise this girl, you know. Um, and so the neighbor, my grandmother's neighbor, ended up raising her. Which is weird within itself, right? The neighbor, which last name was Rankin, um, well, supposed to be Rankin. Well, now that's just something else that just popped up in my head. It wasn't a neighbor, <laughs> but the neighbor ends up saying, Hey, I'll take her. Um, but that wasn't Miss Artie's. I don't think that was her first child because she also, I don't know if my other aunt is older than my grandmother or younger, but I, my theory is Miss Artie had those two daughters. She was young and mature and she was too pretty to be bothered with any kids. She was just too pretty to be bothered with any kids because she had all of these opportunities when you're young and you're beautiful. You know, there are opportunities that come your way that do make you feel like you're going to be rich and successful, especially if you're pretty, you know, especially if you have some kind of trait going for you, you know, you'll have like, you'll date guys that you never imagined you date. You get opportunities to go to venues that you never thought you'd be able to uh, enter and stuff like that. It's those type of things that create that young narcissism. Um, whereas a lot of young girls start thinking that, Hey, you know, um, I'm at the top of my game, you know, I'm gonna, I'm really pretty and uh, what have you. And so I think that's the case with Miss RT is that she felt like, well, I'm a gorgeous woman. It's gonna happen. And, um, she gave away her children. Well, Miss RT gets older and her other daughter, and I'm not going to call her name. I'm going to give her, a, a, I'll call her, um, lady. I'll just call her lady, but lady, Miss RT gets older and lady, her, her potential daughter, you know, has uh, children. She has two children or what have you, but she doesn't know Miss RT is her mother. She doesn't know that's her mother, what have you. She just knows that this is a very involved cousin, a very involved cousin in her life, what have you. So she doesn't know. She has these two children and then, you know, her, she's also pretty. You know, she got this man standing in front of her and that generational curse repeats itself. This man saying, hey, listen, you're pretty and all, but you got two kids. And I done left and he was well off. He was relatively well off of I didn't left my first wife because she wouldn't stop getting pregnant. So, yeah, if you're going to be with me, I'm not telling you to off your kids. I am telling you to get rid of them. <laughs> you're going to have to figure something out. And so she makes this decision. Lady makes a decision to put her children to, you know, get rid of her kids. Miss RT being their grandmother. And this is just a theory. 
Miss RT being their grandmother is like she's older by now. She's went through marriages and divorces and, you know, she's living alone and she has this. Well, she's not too older because but she has this regret, you know, this regret of not raising her daughters. You know, she has this regret. But, you know, if you know anything about them old Southern women, they'll, they took their secrets to the grave. They're not like these young people, these 40-year-olds who come out and say, I'm really your mother. They, not, they didn't do that. Whatever secrets they had, they took them with them. You know, they took them with them. Um, so, staying in true character, Miss RT is like, well, hey, I'll raise your son. And I don't know why she decided not to raise the daughter. Maybe a uh, lady had already uh, found somebody else to raise her daughter by then. But she's like, hey. Let me take the son. Let me take him and I'm going to raise him. I'll take care of him as if he's my own or what have you. And, you know, the kids, they grew up knowing who their mother was. They knew that lady was their mother, even though the, the son and the daughter were raised in two different homes in two different states um, by two different people. So my theory is that Miss RT is really my great grandmother. That's my theory. Now, if I'm wrong, you have at least heard the writer and me put together a story. And this is one of the reasons why writers, scribes, or what have you, we have to stay mentally and emotionally healthy. Because, you know, if you can put together a story um, that well, <laughs> just imagine what would happen, you know, for somebody who's not uh, healthy. You know, and I've seen cases of that where people have put stuff together and they be like, oh, these people following me, let me tell you. And they be they can be relatively believable until they keep talking. So that's my theory. I'm going to get into the lesson, but my theory, I wanted to make sure that I say it here first. My theory is that Miss RT is my great grandma. That That's my theory is that she's my great grandma. And there is much, much more to that story that I'm even realizing as I'm speaking and if it turns out to be true, I'm going to be honest with you, the story would be so out there that I just feel like I would absolutely, without question, have to write a book about it because it's one of those things that would just, honestly, so um, it, it, it's a lot. So I can't go into that right now, but what I can say, we'll see. But anyhow, that's what I did. I've been on Ancestry.com and it's led me to that theory and it also led me to, you know, and I did some, I've been able to trace my granddad's side of the family, uh, my mother's father, his side of the family. And I've been able to find, you know, so much in my family. I found that I got living white relatives, potentially. I got living black relatives, potentially, you know, what have you. So I'm, you know, shocked by the results. And because I'm just sitting there looking like, okay, this story, Mississippi, I, I'm getting it because I found out my uh, granddad's father, my granddad's father, whose name was Morris. Morris was biracial. He's listed as mulatto. His mother was white and his dad was black. So my granddad's father was biracial. My granddad's father was biracial. Now this is going to make sense when I get into the lesson or oh, what have you. So What's the, the theories that there's Indian on my grandma's side of the family? All that, all of these things are interesting for the story aspect of it. But one of the things I wanted to deal with is that that doesn't make me feel superior because 
when I say that, now it may have kind of alarmed some of you, but others, you know where I'm going with this because a lot of blacks don't like their black skin or their black heritage. They've been taught to self-hate. You know, for me, I mean, it doesn't matter to me what is in my bloodline. You know, as far as my family, I just want to know who's there. I, I, I think that the, the history is interesting. And, you know, I have no problem with any other race. You know, I, I'm just curious about it. But I'm not one of those people that, you know, would go out and say, well, you know, I'm this percent. Indian and I'm this percent that no I can talk about that in a conversation but it's not something to like it's not something that I'm gonna act like oh you know look at me or what have you so I decided to order the ancestry DNA kit which I have not taken by the way um I decided to order it because I want to go deeper into my history to find out what's there I found out my granddaddy's uh my granddad's like if you go on down, one of his grandparents, like great, great, great grandparents is directly from Nigeria. You know, we I got his name, but I can't find his wife's name. I got his name, but I can't find his wife's name. So he's from Nigeria or what have you. So that means I have Nigerian uh, that, you know, that I'm partly Nigerian, which is really exciting. So long story short, I got the Ancestry DNA kit so that I can trace my family Find out who the who's who, who did who, you know, <laughs> to find out or what have you. And I got, I ordered the kit. The kit came in on, might as well say day before yesterday because it's middle of the night right now. But the kit came in day before yesterday. And I have not taken it yet. Um, Don't know what I'm waiting on. I think I'm going to take it today, later today. But I got it in the mail. And... I decided to go online just out of curiosity when I was taking my little break. I decided to go online and just go to YouTube and type in DNA results, you know, Ancestry.com DNA results because I wanted to see what they would like. I wanted to know what I was going to be getting back. Like, what can I expect or what have you? I wanted to see other people, you know, giving their reaction and, you know, just basically detailing um, the test. I did that. Um, I pulled up. I pulled up the, you know, some videos or what have you. I watched a couple of them, and then I came across this one of this beautiful lady. Um, she's beautiful because she's beautiful, not because of the, the the color of her skin. She's just a beautiful lady, but she is clearly biracial. I won't say biracial. We would have just said she's a light skinned black woman, but at the end of the day. You can see a little bit more Caucasian in her as well. So, you know, she would have probably been, you know, she's probably nine times out of 10. Well, she's biracial. She did mention that she was biracial. And sorry, I'm over here working. She mentioned that she's biracial, which is cool because, you know, we all mix with something. I became annoyed with her when I saw how she responded you know, like she started trying to theorize before she opened the test about where she was from. And, you know, I could have read her wrong. It could have been just my own, you know, issue. So I'm not going to say this is a fact or what have you. But this is just uh, something that I felt like I was looking at. Um, she was sitting there and she was like, oh, I believe my family. So she starts talking about the white side of her family. And there's this pride that's there. 
Then when it came to the black side of her family, she just theorized that they weren't from countries that had dark skinned black folks. You know, her theories that they came from places like, you know, more toward the Egyptian side or what have you. And I don't remember everything she said, but some of the stuff that she said made me immediately think of um, the hatred that we are taught to have for our own skin. It made me think about how a lot of women who are light skinned and, you know, like I said, not all women, please don't hear me wrong because I got a lot of friends in different shades. And if they're my friend, they, they cool and they down to earth. But we have come across, all of us have come across our fair share of narcissistic people of all shades. But I can say that there are some narcissistic African-Americans who are narcissistic just simply by the fact that they're light skinned. And they, you know, they feel like they look more European. They were celebrated for their color and it caused them to start feeling superior to their darker sisters and brothers. And they are more, they gravitate more towards the white side of who they are than the black side. They like to highlight the, the part of them that's Indian. They like to highlight the part of them, any part of them that's not black. That's the part of themselves that they like to highlight. But they do that within the black race because interestingly enough, Within the, the, the black construct, in the black race, we were taught that that means that they're superior. You know, that, and, and so, but if that same girl went to an all-white school, she would be taught that she was inferior. Because white people see her, and I'm not saying all-whites, I'm talking about just social construct, but within the white community, she would be seen as inferior. And so, a girl who on the white side of town would be made fun of and considered to be ugly, talked about, laughed at, um, endure, you know, heavy lip, you know, endure a whole lot of ridicule and persecution on the black side of town would be praised and placed on a pedestal. She would be praised and placed on a pedestal and both in both cases, all because of her skin. And what's interesting to me is that a lot of these women they come over to the, they're basically lean toward the black South where they're going to get celebrated all the while exalting themselves over blacker people. I hope I'm making sense, but this is just how I'm looking at it. They lean toward, like they won't go around their white family members too much. You know, if they do, they're going to take a whole lot of pictures just so the people, everybody in the family knows, or everybody in the whole wide world knows that, um, you know, we got white in our family. This is my uncle. Rob, this is my uncle, such and such, or what have you, because for whatever reason, they know that a lot of African-Americans um, celebrate that a lot of African-Americans have been whitewashed, if you may, to believe that white people are better. And let me say this, you know, I am in no way against one race. I don't think any race is superior than the other. I think we're all equal in the eyes of God. I think God loves us all the same. I'm just talking about just classism. You know, a mindset that needs to be eradicated. That's what I'm talking about. Because within our community, and just remember, these are just random thoughts I have. But within our community, within the black community, there is this thing where, and what well, we call it colorism. Um, but there is this issue with colorism, whereas people who are light, lighter skinned, and it's not all over the world, thankfully. It's not all over the United States, thankfully. But in some regions, especially in smaller communities, you know, some blacks are celebrated just because of the color of their skin, because they are of a lighter complexion or what have you. And 
a lot of women and men who benefit from that, you know, because we talk about white privilege, but there is such thing as light skin privilege. A lot of people who benefit from light skin privilege, you know, they actually exalt themselves above. And it's, and it's not that they're malicious. It's just that they've been taught that. And you can't really get mad at a person who's been taught that, but you can get frustrated when you directly come in contact with somebody like that and they begin to directly or indirectly imply, imply that they should have this first. You know, I'll give you an example, you know, and I can't, I can't guarantee you most black women uh, will tell stories, most brown or dark skinned black women, even other light skinned white women, I mean, black women, because there are a lot of light skinned, really down to earth black women. And if they're down to earth, they're seen more as black. Oh, we can have that conversation. If they're down to earth and they're cool and, you know, they've embraced their blackness and they don't try to exalt themselves, they're seen more as black, uh, as a lower standard. But the ones who are, (laughs) oh my goodness, a lot of times they are seen as uh, superior because they exalt themselves or what have you. But most black women can tell you about a light-skinned friend of theirs who, for example, saw a guy and just assumed that, hey, he's going to come after me, you know, because I'm light-skinned, <laughs> that I'm entitled to him. That's for me. You know, if, if you happen to be in a club when you are in the world and you, there are some guys out there and y'all all look, you know, it's just you and like four other women and all of you guys look at this one dude. He's just beautiful to look at and... What have you? He's just gorgeous to look at. And that one, you know, you, most of the time, you know, when you're in a friend circle, the general consensus is, hey, we all like him. We all think he's fine. It ain't no who's seen him first kind of crap. No, it's just basically whoever he comes after, whoever he expresses interest in, interest in that's be the guy, you know, or what have you. So, but we've had that experience or that encounter with somebody of a lighter complexion. Who said, oh, y'all back up. That's for me. Oh, and that's not a problem. Let me let me say this. It's not a problem because in some cases it can just be the person being funny because I think we can all kind of joke like that. But I'm talking about that. That sister who you can tell it wasn't a joke when you don't back up and she gets genuinely mad. And in some cases will let something out of her mouth that will destroy her friendships or you know, cause of a, a, a scene or something like that. She'll open her mouth and say something like, um, he, he's, he, he wants me. He's looking at me. He's not going to want nobody like you. We've, we've all experienced something similar. I can honestly say this. I don't think I've experienced, uh, somebody directly saying that to me. Cause I was, yeah. Uh, but I have seen, I would, I'll tell a story in a minute. But I can't, the, the time I did remember experiencing something like that was from a dark-skinned girl. This dark-skinned cousin of mine. Absolutely gorgeous girl. And we had an argument about dresses. <laughs> and um, she was like, hey, you know, I, I, I look better in a dress. You know, let me wear it because I look better. But the one time I, ha- I experienced light-skinned privilege was when a co-worker of mine, and y'all forgive me, I know I'm telling a lot of stories, but it's just, it's just talk, tiff talks, not TED talks, tiff talks. But this one light-skinned co-worker of mine, 
we were coming in the building and I don't know if we were coming in from break or coming in. I don't know why I felt like we were coming in in the morning, but that would have been odd. That was unusual for all of us to be in the parking lot together. We all went to lunch together all the time. So that's why it makes me think it had to been around lunchtime. Um, but we were coming into Walmart off of our break or just coming in from work, coming into work. We were coming into Walmart and I remember while we were coming in, there was some men because that particular Walmart had just gotten built. Uh, we were working at the Walmart across the street from it, which was a regular Walmart, and they had just upgraded it to a super Walmart. So they had built a whole new building on the other side of the street. So we were going into the new building. They were still doing work on it. There were some guys on the roof uh, of that building, some Latino guys and some black guys on the roof, and they were working. And it was me and this group of friends, and we were all heading into the building. And as we were heading into the building, uh, some of the guys, it was one guy with us, but the guys on top of the building, they started howling and acting silly. They like, hey, hey, hey. And they were, most of them were howling at me. Most of them were howling at me. And just to give you a little back, a little history on me, I'm not the competitive type. I never have been. I've always been this. And I've, I've had this conversation with my friends because I've, if you've ever been around a lot of women, many times women can be relatively competitive. So one of the things I used to always say to a woman, like, hey, you know, just so we wouldn't have no stupid cat fight. I'd be like, hey, you know, if we like somebody, if both of us like him, it's just whoever he approaches. I mean, if he come for you, hey, <laughs> I'm going to give you dabs. Uh, what have you. But if he comes for me, don't don't try to hate or say anything, you know, to humiliate me or what have you. Y'all forgive me. That's my dog in the background. He testified. But we were coming into the building. And I don't know why. For whatever reason. Because my friends, most of them were light-skinned. But um, we were coming into the building. And the guys on top of the building, they were screaming. And, you know, all of them were gorgeous. Every last one, they just dropped their gorgeous. And they were screaming. And then one of them screamed out, girl in a purple shirt, which was me. And he was like, man, I want the girl in a purple shirt. And the other one was like, no, nah, man, I want the girl in a purple short shirt. Oh, what have you? Not a big deal. I'm not sitting there like, oh, look at me. I won. That, I, for me, I just think everybody has their preferences. That is genuinely the way that I think. We all have our preferences. That moment, I was that guy's preference. And then I was the other guy's preference. Then I was the other guy's preference. Or maybe, you know, one guy, I was his preference. And the other guy's. You know, they, they said, hey, I want her too because the other guy was expressing interest in me. So we kept walking and laughing as we entered the building or what have you. And I noticed one of my friends, and I can't even say she was a friend of mine. She was a friend of my friend. I noticed that she became very solemn. It, it was just weird. She became very dry. And I, we get in the building and I'm still talking and laughing or what have you. But she comes over to my department. And she just sits there, but she's looking really dry. And the guy, you know, I'm talking to him, even though I see that she's looking dry. I can't figure out what's wrong with her. I'm in my 20, early 20s. I'm young, naive, all that. The guy that had been walking in the building with us, he comes, you know, he, went, he goes back outside because he works security. He goes back outside where those guys are. And then he comes back in a few minutes later. And he was like... God darn it, Tiffany. And that was the way he talked. He used to be funny. But he was like, God darn it, Tiffany. I don't know what you did with them men out there. He said, they won't stop talking about Tiffany. Them, them dudes out there, Tiffany, 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 Tiffany. Oh, hey, I'm flattered. I'm a young girl. I'm flattered. So I'm laughing. And then the girl, 
she's still looking straight up ahead, looking like zombie-ish, like something traumatized her or something. And then she said, they only want her because of her big breast. And in that moment, I remember feeling offense. <laughs> I remember justifiably feeling offended because I knew without a shadow of doubt, hey, listen, everybody has their own preference. It's not a big deal if he prefers you, he prefers you, if he prefers me, he prefers me. Um, we shouldn't make a deal of it. And clearly in that moment, I saw colorism at its best. I saw a young lady who felt like she was better looking than me. And she felt rejected in that moment because she wasn't first choice. And I was chosen over her. And that was the way that she saw it. Now, when men looked at her, I didn't feel that way. I didn't say in my head, oh, it's because she's light-skinned, because I didn't give three rats feathers as to why they chose. I just always believe that everybody has their own preference. You do your thing, I <laughs> do mine. Um, but in that moment, I saw a, a switch go off in her head because I was wondering why I'm standing there talking to her, and I'm talking and laughing, but she's staring off into the... She just, I just, I never forgot that look on her face. She was just staring up ahead and just in this, in this space or what have you. And she said, the only reason they want her is because, you know, of her big breast. And obviously I corrected her. I was like, well, sis, you know, I started mentioning things that she had going. And I'm like, you know, uh, everybody has their preference. You know, I'm like, you got this going for you and I don't have that. And you got that going for you, and I don't have that. But, you know, I don't complain about that or what have you. I don't get mad about that. I don't remember what happened after that. I just remember that particular moment. It just kind of seared into my mind. Um, I remember that particular moment because it was a moment where that took me off guard. It caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting her to respond that way. I wasn't expecting her to be affected by a bunch of uh, young, horny guys that saw beautiful women walking into a building and they just took it upon themselves to start hooping and hollering at the women. I just didn't, I never thought too much about that. I, I thought, hey, this is just men. <laughs> it's just men. But she clearly put more thought into it than I had. And um, yeah, she was bothered by the fact that they had looked at me. Unfortunately, the story I tell is not one that is unique. It's not one that most people can say, wow, I can't believe that happened. No, most of the women who listen to this will have a story to tell. And many of them will be like, oh, yeah, sure did. And it was definitely my light skinned friend. You know, it was definitely one of my friends. And it typically and this is just my experience. What have you typically is not. It's not the, the standard. I don't even know how to say that, man. It's not the, the light-skinned friend like who's down to earth. Like I said, it's usually the one who maybe appears to be a little bit more European. Uh, the one who, you know, people kind of joke with her, make fun with her. You know, in, 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 a, in a flattery, flirty way about her color, they'd be like, oh, look at you. You know, you, you light-skinned, you this, you that, or what have you. And she takes pride. Um, and the fact that she's being celebrated for that it's typically her that in many cases will not know how to handle a compliment or handle uh, being rejected, you know, by a guy who prefers one of her darker friends. She can't handle that. It bothers her because for her, 
because of how she sees herself. You know, even though she hangs around darker women, and we can talk about that. I think in many cases that women like that hang around darker women. One, because that's where they're accepted, and two, because they feel superior and they feel like if I'm around someone who is darker than myself, then I'm going to always be first choice. You know, when it comes to guys and typically single women, but when it comes to men, you know, because when you're coming across women like that, most of the time they prefer a, a, a black guy, you know, they're black themselves, but they prefer a black guy. And in many cases, they prefer a dark skinned guy. Many cases, in all our honesty, they typically go after the guys who are relatively successful because they feel entitled to them. They feel entitled to them. They feel like, well, you know, I'm pretty. I'm gorgeous. You know, look at me. Um, I'm not your standard black woman. You know, I am mixed with Portuguese and this and that and this and that. And so, yeah, I'm going to pull the rich black guy, the, 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 the college athlete. I'm going to pull... The guy, you know, I'm going to pull somebody who is doing something with his life. Um, and so a lot of times when they come around, they just assume that they're going to be first draft pick. And a lot of women will tell you that whenever those women and whenever women who think like that, it has nothing to do with color. Because like I said, I had a dark cousin. I remember we had an encounter. <laughs> but but women who think like that many times whenever they are humbled like whenever they have an encounter where they're not chosen first you get to you get a chance to see how they really truly feel about you you get a chance to see their narcissism on display um again you get a chance to see how they really see like they are hanging around you and all that but they really see themselves as superior to you um it also brings to mind um like i said a darker uh, relative of mine a dark skinned cousin, absolutely gorgeous woman. And he used to, it always baffled me that a woman can be so pretty and still be so insecure. I'm being honest with you, this is just a real TED talk with Tiffany, but I've always been baffled at women who were, you know, gorgeous or considered gorgeous by society standards who still were relatively insecure. Um, but I think about this particular cousin who, you know, she wasn't light skinned, but she did feel superior and she felt superior. A lot of times when you're dealing with women um, who may not be using colorism to feel superior, uh, they find other traits that they feel like they outrank you with. And a lot of times they'll highlight those traits. This particular cousin had a deaf body, as we used to say. She had one of those bodies that everybody wanted to have. Um and for whatever reason, she felt like that gave her a one-up or what have you. So when I ended up having these, you know, be I'm dating guys or I was dating guys that she felt like, wow, how are you pulling them? Because that's one of the questions she did ask me. It's like, every time I look up, you be dating these fine dudes. You, you be pulling these fine dudes. And I didn't think too much about the question. But later on, I kind of caught on that um, she was questioning that because of how she ranked herself and how I fell on that scale. So typically in um, female to female relationships or friendships or what have you, uh, many times you have to be very mindful of that, very watchful um, uh, to see how a person is looking at you or ranking you. Now, personally, I don't think you should rank anybody. I have some drop 
dead gorgeous friends. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. But one of the things I think my friends could tell you is that I've never been one to compete. I've never been one to compare myself to them because I've always had the attitude that, hey, every guy has his own preference. That has literally been my attitude my whole life. Everybody has their own preference. This guy is going to want somebody that looks like this. This guy is going to want somebody that looks like that. And it it is what it is. You know, I, I don't care about that. It's like, for me, it's like, okay, that's good. You prefer a, a, a light-skinned woman. And all I, honestly, I think you should have what you prefer. I genuinely think that. Now, I'm not a fan of people who um, are slaves to colorism or racism. I'm not a fan of that because their choice has is not deriving from a healthy place. It's deriving from um, their brains being whitewashed. Their brains being, you know, them being in... A society that has uh, taught them that, you know, darker skin is inferior to lighter skin. And I have a problem with that when it's centered around that, white, that mindset. Like if a man goes out, marries a white woman, a black guy, I support him. And I know I'll take some people off saying that, but I don't care because I'm not racist. I don't care about that. For me, if you, whoever you find your love, the love of your life, at, I tell people all the time, the love of my life is a white guy, praise the Lord. <laughs> I ain't going to care about what nobody say. Um, I will marry my guy if that's what my guy is. If he happens to be a white guy, my white guy will be my white guy. Um, but I wouldn't want to marry a white guy that said, for example, well, I only date black women. Because that's a complex. That comes from a place of hurt. If, if he said, you know, I prefer me some dark chocolate. It's coming from some rejection. He got rejected by the white community because his family grew up in a trailer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I don't want him wanting me because he's trying to punish white people for not accepting him. Because then I feel secondary. I feel like a, you know, just a rebound choice. I'm not first choice. I'm not who he genuinely wants. He wants me because that's what, you know, he's upset. I feel the same way about black men who say, I don't date black women. It's stupid to me. Because if you date a white woman and marry a white woman, that's good. If y'all love each other, go for it. But if you're doing it because you feel like white women are superior to black women, you're sick and you need help. And I hate to say it. I'm not saying it in a condescending way. I am talking about mental illness that is prevalent in the United States that we don't necessarily call mental illness. Mental illness is not just a, 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 deform- a deformation of the brain um, I mean, it's just a warped thinking pattern a consistent warped thinking pattern when people keep talking crazy you know something is wrong and you can put them on a CAT scan all day long and they may not necessarily find what's wrong but their thinking is thinking they got some crazy thinking so when I, if you come across a person for example who says I don't date white women or I don't date black women you know, especially somebody who is of that particular race, then it's something wrong with that human being. There's something wrong. There's some issues. And I'm not saying we can't have a preference because I know somebody going to go there. I'm not saying we can't have a preference. You know, as an African-American woman, I prefer to date and marry an African-American man, but only because that's all I've ever dated in my life. I've never dated outside of my race. And so, yeah, I prefer because that's where I'm comfortable. However, I won't limit God to that. So I don't have a problem, again, with people 
um, having a preference. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a preference if your preference is healthy. My preference is healthy because it's not. I just I've been in a black communities my whole life. I've been around blacks my whole life. I've you know dated nothing but black men. I've never dated outside my race. So for me, it's just more of okay. I don't know what it's like to date somebody outside my race. So of course I'm gonna go where I'm comfortable. But if I sit back and I if I pick up the attitude, black men they just like this and they just like that. Then girl, that's why I don't even date. I don't fool with black men. That's an unhealthy perspective. That's an unhealthy perspective because in that, what I'm saying is that, sorry, I'm over here cleaning this, but in that, what I'm saying is that because of some type of bad encounter, I refuse to date black men. Now, I used to be uh, married to an African guy, a guy from Cameroon, and while married to him, I went through some, some traumas, right? And so, because of those traumas, because of the things that I went through with him, I don't want to date a man or marry a man uh, from Africa. However, let me say this. That's because of experience, right? I'm not one that has allowed that trauma to grow beyond its contact point, if that makes sense. I may have to do a part two. I may have to do a part two. I'm not one that will take that trauma to the next level. So what I did was I opened my heart and I said, well, um, if God sends somebody and he happens to be from Africa, yeah, I definitely pray on it. And I pray on it some more and I'll pray on it some more. We're going to do a lot of praying and fasting. But if God says, hey, that's your husband, then I'm going I'm not going to I'm not going to wrestle with God on that. So it's not a an issue where I'm like, hey, all of them are like this. And I think, no, no, no. It's just an issue of, okay, I've had my encounter or what have you, and it wasn't a good encounter. And um, not even, honestly, I can't even say it was the encounter that made me say that. I think it's just culture, you know, because I just prefer American culture. That's where I'm comfortable. And so it's just a comfort zone thing for me. But we'll do part two to this. Give me a second. We'll do part two to this, and I hope I haven't said anything that uh has triggered anybody to be offended these are just my thoughts we all have the uh, the right and the ability <laughs> to have a you know have our theories have our thoughts and stuff like that and i don't think we should be robbed of that um but yeah let's go back we'll do part two and we'll talk more about colorism